Welcome to the Go All In podcast. I'm your host, Robert Bruss, and I'm looking forward to bringing you stories of everyday heroes that have overcome incredible odds and gone all in. As you would know, I've taken a little bit of a break over the pandemic, but I'm back with some amazing guests who have incredible lessons to share. Let's get started. Well, good day, everyone. It's June of 2020, and as we all know, the world has changed radically since I released the last Go All In episodes. As you would have experienced yourself, there's been a hell of a lot of uncertainty around what would happen during the COVID-19 pandemic. Was everyone going to get sick and die? What about our jobs, our bills, our relatives, our plans, and all that sort of stuff? <clears throat> the uncertainty has been crazy. And I decided that I was going to put the chocks on the podcast until I had a little bit more of an understanding of how it was going to affect us as individuals and as a society. I, I didn't think it was really appropriate to be putting out go all in stories when I had no idea about the, how the pandemic was actually affecting people. Now that we seem to be through the worst of it, especially here in Australia, it feels right to be sharing some more go all in stories. And I know that they're going to help you find some inspiration in your day. That's the whole point, right? I've got some amazing guests coming up uh, in the next couple of months. There's around 50 people booked in. Um, and I can't wait to get these shows recorded and share them with you. I've got two recordings today, in fact. So that'll be three for today, including this one. Uh, so there's lots happening. That means there's going to be lots more content coming your way. Uh, and there's going to be a slightly different format for the show as well. So I'm excited to be putting that out. Now, if this is your first time here at the Goal In Podcast, welcome. It's great to have you here. And if you're back for more, welcome back. We love our repeat offenders here at the Goal In Podcast. Before we get into the show, just take a little peek at your phone and hit that subscribe button on the app that you're listening in on. And if you're watching this on YouTube, just scroll on down and hit the subscribe button there as well. And don't forget to ring the bell. That way you'll always have some motivation and a little bit of goal in love right in your pocket as well. Now, today's podcast is a short one. It's meant to give you, my loyal listener, an update on what's been going on because I've received lots and lots of feedback asking me when it's all kicking back off again. And if you're listening to this, then you now know the answer. Now, lots of people have been asking me what's happening here in Australia, so I wanted to give you a quick update, if I may. As you would remember, the start of 2020 was pretty awful here in Australia. <clears throat> we had some devastating bushfires that destroyed a very large part of southeastern Australia and some other places as well. No one could have imagined that things would get much worse after that, but they did. Uh, the unbelievable loss of life and property uh, and the massive uncertainty of the bushfires was amplified by the damn CCP virus. Now, I've had lots of listeners overseas ask me how things have been here in Sydney. And I have to say, and I would generalize and say that our government has done a pretty good job. It's easy to nitpick the government as an armchair critic and do all of that. But they've supported most businesses, not all businesses. They've done a, a huge amount um, to help businesses. Uh, we've got clear communication uh, through the media, through the government, through their daily updates and all that type of thing. And the result of all of that is most Australians have complied with what 
what they've been asked to do. Just yesterday, I was watching the news as I was making my dinner and um, I, I heard just in the background that there was no new cases reported in Australia. The only cases that were reported in Australia were one where people returning back uh, from overseas and they'd been put straight into quarantine. So uh, we seem to be doing pretty well here. Um, has it been inconvenient? Oh my God, yes, absolutely. Has it been damaging for the economy? Yes, it's been absolutely devastating. Businesses have been crushed, lost, jobs lost. It's just been horrendous. But have we had massive loss of life? No, not at all. Now, while there might have been a whole bunch of tragic deaths here in Australia, the result, as a result of the CCP virus, the the scale of the, the death and the loss and that misery has been well contained because it's absolutely nothing like we've seen in the US or in Europe. For me personally, I haven't really been affected all that much. Uh, I already work from home and my business is all online anyway, so not a lot has changed for me from that perspective. So, you know, the I guess the tricky thing for me, the uncomfortable thing for me is not being able to go anywhere or to do anything. And I'm used to being out in front of people and I'm used to getting out and about as well. And that kind of stops. So there's a, a bit of cabin fever there, like we've all kind of experienced, but it's not really a big deal in the scheme of things. In some ways, that has been a good thing um, because I've been able to reconnect with a bunch of things that I, I love to do, which I've been putting off. Uh, one of the things that I've been putting off is spearfishing. Um, that's something that I never seem to find enough time to do, despite the fact that I live just 100 meters from the ocean. But I've had some time to get back into the groove of that, and I've really enjoyed it. There's something deeply, for me, there's something deeply satisfying about catching your own dinner, and I really enjoy that. And uh, for the pacifists out there, I don't shoot anything that I'm not going to eat. So it's not really a sport for me. Um, it's about going out and getting some dinner and something to eat. Um, you know, I think I must have. I must have caught a whole bunch of fish and saved a whole bunch of money in the process, which is kind of cool. One of the big noticeable things that has changed uh, in my world over the last couple of months during the pandemic is the sentiment towards China. I engage with a lot of different people every day in my business. Uh, I just talk to a lot of people. There's just a lot of people in my, in my world. It's just Zoom call after Zoom call. And before the pandemic, it was like that as well, and both offline and online. And one of the things that I've noticed is they all engage me in a conversation around China and around the geopolitical stuff for some reason, maybe because I'm out there talking about it here and there. But the large majority of the people that I talk to are really, have been really disillusioned with the behavior of the CCP. Now, there's been a whole bunch of CCP threats towards the Australian economy, the government the biz and businesses. And to be honest, it's nothing short of ridiculous. Of all the people that I engage with, everyone I speak to, they say to me that the schoolyard bullying tactics of the CCT, CCP, they're just going to end badly. Um, it, it's embarrassing. I think that most Australians have actually completely forgotten that the commies to the north are not our friends. They're our trading partners and they form an important part of our economy here in Australia. There's absolutely no doubt about it, but they're not our mates. They never have been our mates. And that's the mistake that I think Australians have made. And I think the sentiment of Australians kind of proves that as well. It's because they think that when you engage with the communist party and these communist people, you think that you're engaging with somebody from New Zealand 
or from the UK or from the United States or from Denmark or Germany from a, from a country that has a reasonable expectation of doing the right thing. They're reliable. They're going to do what they say they're going to do. But the communist party are just not like that. And I think that's part of the reason that Australians have completely forgotten that the commies are not our friends. They're communists. It's as simple as that. And while they're our trading partners and they are an important part of our economy, they're not our mates. Their behavior in the last month or so here in Australia has completely isolated them from regular people here in Australian society. Uh, people, people ask me and I ask them, when I ask them, if you would visit China as a tourist or would you do business with them? Every single person that I've spoken to have said, has said no. They wouldn't go to China as a tourist and they would never, ever go to China as a tourist ever again as a result of this. And I'm not, I don't know how many people have said that to me, maybe dozens, it's not hundreds, but dozens of people have said that to me. But the underlying sentiment is that they don't want to go to a place like that because the Communist Party has been shown for what it is. And I don't think Aussies realized that that's what communism is or, or how, it, how it behaves. And I think Australians are, are waking up to that, at least the Australians that I'm dealing with. So most people are saying a big fat no to being tourists in China. And lots of my mates that already do business with them are saying to me that they're seeking alternatives. You know, the borders are closed. Import export is very, very difficult. It's a very challenging time. So the folks that are dealing with China that I know are seeking alternatives during these downtimes and they're finding them. So that's good news for them. Uh, it's less reliance upon them, but you know, it's a really, it's a really bad thing that's happened. You know, the, the Chinese communist party coming out saying that Australia is like chewing gum on the bottom of their shoe. It's really, it's really just terrible propaganda and terrible to say things like that. And that's because Australians are smart and they don't take, kindly to so-called wolf warrior diplomacy. What the hell is that anyway? In fact, of the hundreds of people that I've spoken to over the course of the past few months, and it would be hundreds, almost all of the Aussies that I've engaged with, they think that their behavior, the CCP's behavior that is, is nothing short of disgusting. There is, there is a deep resentment towards the CCP. And I know many people that have said to me, if it's made in China, no matter what it is, I'll be seeking an alternative. So, yeah, it's just it just says it says so much that just regular people are looking to distance themselves from anything to do with China. Um, and the Chinese, of course, will pull the racist card and say that they're racist. Now, nobody's racist here, yeah. This is the most multicultural country in the world where multiculturalism actually works. I grew up as a, in a multicultural society like no other on planet earth. And it is absolutely fantastic. I've got friends from all walks of life from so many different countries and they live and, and work here and contribute to society perfectly. And I've got plenty of Asian and Chinese mates as well. So there's nothing racist about anything that I'm saying. It's the Chinese communist party that regular Australian people have had enough of. My view is that the wolf warrior diplomacy and their behavior is, <laughs> it's childish and it's just, it's kind of embarrassing. 
it's kind of like a communist totalitarian regime, really childish and embarrassing. They think that they can scare you and bully you into something. And there's one thing that I know is that Australians don't take kindly to bullies. They don't. My view is that lots of regular, normal Australians would say, and they'll back me up on this, on this that if you bully Aussies, you're going to end up with a punch in the mouth because that's the only thing that a bully understands. That's the only response that they understand. And the Chinese Communist Party with their wolf warrior, oh, I'm scary, I'm so scared, behavior, <laughs> it's embarrassing. It mustn't translate from Mandarin or Cantonese into English properly because wolf warrior sounds like some sort of cartoon, <laughs> some sort of cartoon character. And it's childish. It's like, that's what a child would say. I'm a wolf and a warrior. <laughs> a warrior? <laughs> what a joke. You're a bunch of, the Chinese Communist Party is a bunch of murdering, horrible, awful gangsters. <laughs> They're a totalitarian regime. Australians don't give a stuff. <laughs> Australians don't give a stuff about wolf warrior diplomacy, about cartoon characters. Australian people are honest, fair, and welcoming. And we treat people with respect and dignity. We don't threaten people with cartoon, <laughs> cartoon carry, carriers or wolf warrior diplomacy. I'm sorry if I'm laughing there because it's just so unbelievably ridiculous. And it's, emba it's, em it's embarrassing that that's, that's a policy of a government, wolf warrior diplomacy. Okay, cartoon characters, I'm going to move off them. There's one thing that I know... <laughs> There's one thing that I know about Australians, and it's this. I can guarantee you, I can guarantee you that you have no better mate than an Aussie. But if you're from an idiotic, childish, totalitarian, communist regime, you're not going to find a worse enemy. Believe me. Australians, <laughs> Australians see right through wolf warrior diplomacy. They call BS on it straight away. And you are isolating every single Australian, the Chinese Australians included, because they hate the Communist Party just as much as every other Australian here as well. They're no different. Nobody likes the Chinese Communist Party here in Australia. And the so-called wolf warrior diplomacy is not only stupid and childish, but it's the fastest way to isolate the Chinese Communist Party from Australian society, which it's done. So their threats have isolated them. They haven't done anything to help us. Just today, they were talking about uh, saying to uh, Chinese students that you need to be careful of coming back here to Australia to study in Australia because of all the racist attacks that we have here in Australia. But how is that even true? There's no racist attacks happening because universities are not back. And <laughs> nobody could even come back to Australia if they wanted to because the borders are closed. So Wolf Warrior the scary cartoon character apparently is just ridiculous because it's, it's null and void. It's childish. Un unbelievable how, how blind a propaganda department could be thinking that they would, they would scare us into submission. The reality is that Australians think that is childish and it's just idiotic and they don't care. 
And Chinese people are going to make their own decision about whether or not they come back to university here in Australia. They're going to make their own decision about whether or not they come here to Australia as a tourist. As soon as the borders open up and people get on planes and want to come back to Australia, they'll come. The Chinese Communist Party is not going to be able to stop people going on a holiday. Well, maybe they could. That's the problem right there, huh? But, you know, I'm not, I'm not so sure about it. Look, I want to move off the topic of the CCP and the pandemic, and I want to go back to Goalin stories, but I can't do that without first sharing the collective view of people that I've engaged with over the last couple of months, which I've, I think I've shared with you here. I think most people have called BS on the CCP. Most people think that they're childish and idiotic, and <laughs> most people just think it's absolutely ridiculous what's happened in the last couple of uh, months, or in the last couple of weeks, really, when the Chinese Communist Party are threatening Australia and Australian economy and business and stuff like that. It's just ridiculous. You've isolated yourself completely from Australian society, and you're not going to scare us into submission. It's embarrassing. Your behavior is embarrassing. Let me close out by saying this. <laughs> I personally think that the days of the CCP are numbered. Communism has absolutely no place in the modern world. 100 million bodies piled up in the 20th century. Let me say that again for you, yeah? In case you don't know. 100 million bodies piled up in the 20th century prove that communism and the communist system just doesn't work. Now we've got more than 400,000 deaths from the CCP virus here in 2020. We've got another example of mass death as a result of communism. Remember, 400,000 people so far have died as a result of the CCP virus just this year. And that's a result of communism. How many more people need to die to prove that communism doesn't work? Seriously. The communists never win. They never have, and they never will. And the reason is just simple. And again, I can't believe the Chinese propaganda department is so unbelievably stupid. They don't, they don't learn the lessons of the past. The reason that communism doesn't work is because you can never, ever control what another person thinks. And communism is not a place. It's not a thing. It's just an idea. And human beings have free will. And human beings can decide if ideas are good or bad. Ruling with authority, like a communist totalitarian regime in China, ruling with authority and fear will only get you so far before the people realize that your idea is just plain stupid. And I'm just calling it for what it is. Communism is a stupid idea. The lessons of the 20th century prove it time and time again, dictator after dictator. Communism is responsible for the human and financial misery that the world's experiencing right now. And I believe that the total and complete failure of the CCP to contain the virus will be their ultimate downfall. That's what's going to bring them down. So what is it? What is what will bring what will bring the, the CCP down ultimately? Is it a flashpoint in India, the South China Sea, Taiwan, Hong Kong, or something else? Well, I predict, and I'm saying it publicly here in June 2020, that within the next 18 months to two years that their economy will implode because it's about to implode anyway. 
And as desperate commies always do, they'll try and they'll try to hold on to power by picking a fight with someone. And that someone will be most likely Taiwan. In some ways, it's it's totally predictable. What I'm what I'm saying is not new. There's plenty of analysts that know more stuff than me out there that are saying exactly the same things. But the thing is, history shows us that communism just doesn't work. And the thugs that rule the party, they're not just incompetent, but they're unable to run a country. They're unable to run an economy. I'm not even sure if they can run their own bath. That's how incompetent they are. I'm looking forward to watching the Reds to the North collapse. On the other side of all of that misery will be the greatest boom time the world has ever seen. I really believe that. These are certainly dark times, but I'm an optimist and I believe that there's brighter days ahead. And I think the world is just going to be a better place without the CCP and, and Xi Jinping as a communist leader. And I think the world's just going to be a better place without that dickhead in power. He's just a moron. He has no place in the modern world and he's responsible for more than 400,000 deaths in 2020, not to mention all the misery that he's created in his own country. So I think the world would be better off without the CCP and Xi Jinping. That's not the only name that I can think of the moron. I don't even want to say his name properly. History has already judged the CCP as incompetent, inept, and unable to care about anything but their own hold on to power. And the best part about it, the best part about that is we've all seen it before and we know how it ends. They fall, they fail. All right, enough doom and gloom. I want to move off the CCP and all of that. Um, it's, it's an important subject and an important topic and many people have got many different opinions about it. You can hear I'm pretty opinion, opinionated about it as well. And I've had time to kind of digest it and think about it over the last couple of months while we've been in lockdown here in Australia as well. But I think we've turned the corner here in Australia and, and it's time for some better stuff. I think the opportunity that lies in front of us is incredible. Um, we, we live in a prosperous, rich, wealthy nation. And when I turn on the news and I see politicians arguing, what they're arguing about is actually pretty good. They're arguing about how to divide up money and better spend it. We're not arguing. They're not arguing about where they're going to come up with the money. They're arguing about how we're going to better distribute this to the people and how we're going to better help our community. So whatever side of politics that you reside on here in Australia, left or right, doesn't really matter. What matters is we live in a prosperous nation with more opportunity than we've ever had before. The chances to bring manufacturing back here to Australia are incredible. So many things that can be done. Look, I believe in the goodness of humanity and the kindness of others. And that's why I love to share stories of breakthrough, triumph and success. That's why I love the goal in stories. And you're going to love the ones that I've got coming up. I've recorded a few already. So let's brighten the mood. Let's get a few of those episodes in your ears. So let's close out this one. And let's get you into some new episodes. So make sure you check the ones out that are ahead of this one. Now, if you've got a message or some feedback for the show, you can reach out via the GoAllIn socials or you can send me an email at any time. Just visit goallin.com.au to find out more. That wraps it up for the show today. So whatever it is that you're working on, whatever you're doing, get busy. 
get to it and go all in. I'll see you next time.